0: three, two, one. Aloha and welcome to the Solar Coaster live show here with Jason Verkhart in from Osaka recently. Welcome, Jay.
1: Pleasure to be back, although this isn't the first.
0: <laughs> yeah, and we're we're kind of getting the studio all worked out, and, and it's all dialed in. That's thanks to Jay, Mr. Technical over here. We looks a lot like a radio station. And we've got some amazing uh, guests on the show today. We've got SolarEdge, uh, some wonderful execs in from SolarEdge to talk all about our recent experience with the SolarEdge home. Uh, so why don't we start out by introducing uh, ourselves. Michelle, maybe you could say hi and, and tell us a little about who you are and what you're yeah. doing
2: solar edge yeah josh thanks for having us so i'm michelle i'm the sales education manager here at solar edge been in the industry for 12 years um so finally on the manufacturing side with uh, my, in my opinion the best manufacturer in the industry so I'm happy to be here
0: welcome welcome and we also have chris in and i was just trying to figure out if we've uh, connected in the past years or not but chris is apparently a super knowledgeable fellow here chris why don't you introduce yourself
3: Sure. Great. Well, very excited to be here. My name is Chris Thompson, um, Vice President of Product for North America for SolarEdge. So, work a lot on voice of customer and new product introduction, and excited to talk about our products today with you.
0: Excellent. Welcome to the SolarCoaster. So, just so you know, you know, we've had uh, we've been privileged, Jay, to have. Solar uh, Solar Edge. I'm gonna say Solar Coaster and Solar Edge throughout this show. I'm gonna intermingle those two terms, but uh, we've had great uh, guests and and relationships over the years with uh, various people at Solar Edge. So we're, and not only that, but I was in a former life an installer. I owned a small installation company here in Maui, and we often uh, uh, installed Solar Edge technology. In fact, I remember on his house, I installed Mm -hmm. his house. Uh, Not me. I didn't actually do it, but I I put the business guy. And uh, so we. I remember Manny Lugos. Uh, Coming yeah. out to, I can't remember your name. Yeah. Coming out to Hawaii. I mean, it might have been, geez, Louise. Like. I- eight years ago i don't know how long ago and he came out and he was talking to me and he's like josh solar edge is great you gotta try it and he was giving me like incentives to try it and i was like i don't know a new technology what's this and now come full circle like darn near a decade later and you're all are pretty dominant in the residential inverter marketplace and especially out here in Hawaii, and for a lot of the reasons we're going to talk about and so it's really interesting to see that full arc and then for me and for jay to both have the technology in our homes, I think uh, says a lot. So that's kind of a bit of background there. <laughs>
1: there's, there's that. And uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I have to say I'm also a stockholder. So.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. So, <laughs> thank and you. And I'm guys. glad Manny took one for the team uh, and went to Hawaii for us to yeah, really yeah, sell yeah, the yeah. product. So yeah, I still yeah, haven't yeah, gotten yeah, an invite. But...
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> really, really. Okay, fantastic. So we're going to dig into now, uh, it's kind of a unique uh, type of podcast we have here because in in this this is really the culmination of a of a of a long working relationship with Solar Edge and the Solar Coaster. Uh, we've just come out of to disclose the kind of uh, the whole thing. We've just come out of installing the Solar Edge home on my home here in Makawa, Maui, upcountry Maui. Uh, and uh, we've g- also had an opportunity to work with that system for a couple of months, better understand the daily usage of the system. And we had—I'm—I'm going to slightly let the 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 what is, it, what is that phrase? Let the, the cat one, out of the bag. Cat out of the bag. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Let the cat out of the bag, and say that I just experienced a, a, an outage with the technology, and a pretty momentous outage at that—an It's an unprecedented kind of thing that happened here in Maui. But I, but we'll we'll, we'll get to that a little later. We'll get to that later. So, but some some. So this, this thing that we're just finishing up here and, and wrapping up in a sense is kind of unique for the solar coaster. We're oftentimes kind of going, Hey, tell us about your technology, Mr. So-and-so. And then, so we're learning and, but we're also going to be sharing some of our experiences here. This started on, and and I'll, I'll definitely try not to be too long-winded on this folks, but this started with a conversation with Leo Handelsman, I believe he's one of the co-founders of your organization in yep. 2019. Yep uh at salt lake city
1: right Jay? yep yep yeah we we're there yeah. Um, interviewing it was a fantastic shot um he was going over all the interesting parts of the technology including the uh the, the ev charger integration um maybe some future tech that we want to get to at the end of the episode even back then um and it was the invitation was there to try it and then things happened in the world uh, <laughs> it took a little longer to get there but, but it's but here we are and you've been experiencing it for the last I sure have
0: and, and I'm going to pass this over to you guys in a second I just want to say that it was at that moment in time when i when we met um Leor on the show floor in 2019 and I think it was in Salt Lake and SPI yeah. uh that I, I I remember looking and he said oh we we acquired a battery company Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Well, these guys are going to be dangerous in this market because <laughs> now you've got the you've got the this dominant inverter with these dominant efficiencies. You've got this in-house um, battery, uh, you know, the, the lithium technology. They were moving to the EV charger and, the, and the other technologies as well. And I was like, wow, that is a, a heck of a like a integration of technology.' Yeah, it really
1: is that vertical integration that makes things attractive. You don't want to have to deal with." this company's thing talking to that company and they never actually quite work well and then everybody's <laughs> pointing at everybody else well ours is standards compliant you know mm-hmm. it doesn't n- no <laughs> so it's great to have one one just one badge on, on the product
0: it's huge it's huge, so that was kind of how it all began. but uh, I want to give you guys an opportunity here to jump in and kind of say anything that's on your mind here about the the technology itself you, I mean you're really in an interesting position uh, both of you Michelle and Chris to be working with this technology as it really starts to launch the solar edge home. So are there any kind of maybe Michelle maybe you can tell us what your thoughts are on this tech and being right there in the in the belly of the beast, so to speak as you as you go after this market with this amazing technology.
2: Yeah, I think it's interesting that you bring up 2019 because that actual um, advent of all of this uh, SolarEdge home product is what brought me to SolarEdge as well. So I was on the residential sales side, and the thing that was the biggest challenge for me was uh, we were never able to go back and sell anything to the homeowners. It was always, you know, the homeowner had to decide if they were going battery today or it was going to be an expensive retrofit that made no sense. Um, and this really changes that dynamic. So, you know, you can add batteries today. You can add batteries later. The EV charger coming out is just a no-brainer because it's fully integrated into the solar system. Um, And we're going to have these smart energy devices coming up soon, as well as generator support, which has just come off the the ground as well. So it's really truly an energy ecosystem that, um, like you said, is streamlined. It's challenging when you have to work with other products, and it's kind of a I think we all know in the industry, kind of Franken Solar. It's like we're reacting to other people's technology a lot of times. Wait. This is I liked that, Josh. You haven't heard yeah. Franken Solar. You no, heard no. It just, it just,
0: it just, I get flashbacks, you know, of <laughs> of end of NEM post. October 2015. Oh no, we have to put together on grid battery solar yep. plus systems. And then everybody and their brother coming out to Hawaii, we can do this. And we're like, okay, great. And then it's just woof, not.
1: Yep. And there, there, were, there were days when he was literally in my backyard <laughs> lying in the grass crying. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay.
0: Chris, Chris, why don't you jump in, sir? So, yeah, well, you you give it know,
3: from my perspective, I tend to focus on the technology probably, but. You know, two really exciting things, I I think, about this launch is, you you know, the the term integrated ecosystem, I think, is finally being manifested here. Um, And and one of the backbones of that is really is the communication system. So we've got this, this, you know, um, energy net communication system. And, And so one of the things not only is it an integrated systems, but it's just much easier to install now. And so one of the things that we saw in the past is these disparate solutions. It wasn't easy to get them to talk to each other and and this communications network isn't just for sharing information and and getting you know feedback to monitor the system but it's it's also part of the controls for the system and so that now we have this it passes information to make decisions you know when should i charge my car when should i charge my battery when should i backfeed into the grid um so so the, you know the, the backbone of the ecosystem is, is really the communications network and and i think we've really kind of revolutionized that with a a platform that is you know, fast and agile for, for working in this kind of environment, but also is robust enough. Um, so so that, that's really the, one of the things that stands out for me. And then I think more and more over time, we're also seeing the value of a DC coupled system. Because, you know, when it's just PV, right, you, you could achieve safety in different ways. But now that you add storage to it, you know, our, our technology philosophy is if something's natively DC, that, then keep it DC. So PV, of course, is natively DC. Your mm-hmm. battery is natively DC. So, if you want to put PV into your battery, why would you convert it to AC and then convert it back to DC to get it into the battery? And then, when you want to use it, you get to convert it back to AC again. So, you're doing triple oh. conversion. <laughs>
2: yeah. When if, if it's
3: <laughs> DC, just go DC, do it direct. So, it's much more efficient. It's just much more sensible, much more practical. So, we're, we're seeing as the ecosystem grows you know, the, the, the value of DC coupling systems, especially for things that are natively DC. And right now it's PV and storage, but in, in the near future, it's really EVs are natively DC as well. And so right. that's, that's you know, as we go forward a few years, that's really going to be one of the biggest things that's going to be part of the home energy ecosystem.
1: Yeah, I think, I think it really can't be overstated though, that that control of what gets what energy when is, is hugely valuable because you don't want to get up in the morning and find out that your EV has sucked your home battery dry (laughs) or 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 the opposite is you know you didn't get enough energy to drive to work in the morning i mean all these things can happen so
0: which which where do you value the energy direction there needs to be some intelligence there and otherwise you're kind of like one of the off-grid guys out in hana which was kind of pioneered over the last few decades or maybe four decades you know hana's the east side of maui uh, uh guys so and out there you had all the off-grid guys right and they but of course you didn't have any evs and but you certainly had kind of really compromised living you could only have so much power so much storage i remember looking because you know i would go out there and see the old systems and they'd have these rooms they were building rooms for batteries right it wasn't yep. like you hang a battery on your wall i mean that's what a, what a luxury right now that we're gonna, oh, we're gonna put a battery right here i mean oh, this, this was big framework of car batteries. Go, go build me a room to yeah. put my batteries so i Can have a very modest amount of A power and B energy that I would need to change. Right. Lights on. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, I'm really excited about the technology. And I want to say, I want to jump over a little bit to exactly what the equipment is on our home here, if I may. Uh, And so we cover it. We did some shorts. We did a a series of videos, which I'm excited to share with you all on this. And, but the technology that we chose, I thought was really elegant. You know, and that's from a guy that's seen a lot of different equipment. Seen some things work, some things work okay, some things work well, some things designed in a way that, I, and, and very few of them were designed in a way where I go, "Ooh, that's an elegant design. I like that design." So it was, and it had to do with the DC coupled. Chris is like, "Yeah, yeah, I see what he's talking about." So the DC coupled architecture is very attractive, right? Even before we get into kind of the future leading stuff, which makes it like even more attractive. But what's neat about this system from my perspective, and I'm going to introduce the term now so I don't forget. Uh I want to use the phrase abundance of energy. I want to use that phrase. And and what I mean by that is for, for since we've had electricity, we've been generating it centrally. We've been running copper wire on dead trees and bringing it to our home. And then if something happens, like the wind blows or a storm comes, it goes down and we go, oh, we don't have energy. <laughs> Maybe we plug in a old oh, Jenny or something, you know? And so you had that kind of dynamic. Now we're in a situation where we've got this abundant potential for abundance of energy. And what I mean is if you think about the DC coupled architecture, you have all this, the, 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 you don't have the problems of inversion and rectification un- unnecessarily at a given moment in time. But you also have some really neat capabilities for one of the things that we have in this system is this 200 dc ac ratio mm-hmm. right? right isn't that neat because then you go well pv is relatively inexpensive uh, you know supply chain issues aside and so you can put one inverter up right and then you can oversize the dc to that right by Two hundred percent, and I've never seen a ratio like that before. I saw one, two, one, three, one, five, and it kind of you know inched up, but now all of a sudden you got all of this potential energy on a roof. And mm-hmm. I don't have a two hundred percent DC AC on the eleven four yet, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> but I will. And in, but right now I got like ten point five kilowatt DC up there, about 3350s, to give you some context. But you know what's exciting about that is there's so much potential energy. And then the question changes from how do I get energy out here to what do I do with all the energy I have? Yep. And that's the, the, the concept of abundance of energy. That's been bopping around in my head. Oh, see, I'm, I'm getting excited. Yeah, you I'm hitting the mic. It's <laughs> been bopping around in my head ever since we started this conversation with this very elegant technology. So to, 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 to hook Josh on this, you get me off the stage for a second, but the, The bottom line is we got a um, a 10.5 kilowatt DC system, DC coupled system. We've got a, uh, a solar edge gateway, which is kind of the the brains of the whole operation and backup interface. We've got an 11.4 kilowatt inverter, right? Which is the largest residential inverter that I've ever seen in market. And then we have one uh, 10 kilowatt hour battery bank. And we also have the EV charger, which is, I think about 11.5 kilowatts. I made sure that the installers, my good friends at Jackson Electric ran the, uh, the right gauge cable so it could oh, be at that peak uh 11.5 kilowatts i think was the charging 48 amps or something like that so that's pretty much the, at the max of the onboard sizing charging for current evs like yep. you know all those guys out there so that's the system we have uh, for, uh everybody okay you got it in your brain <laughs> you got yeah, the yeah. system in your mind <laughs> so that's what we have um and it, it, the installation of course was seamless i've been through the installation process of these technologies in the past really the integration of the in uh, the gateway, the EV charger was and the battery was darn near plug and play. Uh, not much more than that, and uh, and so that went really well. And now the system itself, I'll add on to this, and then I want to jump back over to you guys. Is it's a I I'm set up as a self-supply system. So that's kind of unusual in the broader world, I think, right, of, of, of PV systems. Uh, first of all, we've got batteries, we've got backup interface, we've got EV charging, we've got this big DC-AC ratio, which has energy abundance, all the things I just said. But now we have self-supply. So what does that mean? Bottom line is, I'm not backfeeding any energy to the grid. I'm buying from the grid whenever I want, and I'm trying to mitigate what I buy with my solar plus battery system here. Sure. So that's kind of the status of the system. But I want to give you a chance here to jump in. Do you have anything you want to say about that, guys? Yeah,
3: <laughs> a few things. So first of all, I'll commend you on going to a high DC to AC ratio. And and I think sometimes it's an underappreciated feature in the industry, but but, but I, I think you, you've kind of connected with, with some of the value of it, but there's some really interesting byproducts of it. You, you know, so the first of all is, you know, one of the thresholds we run into in many homes is what is the size of the load center? And so, you know, for example, I've, I live in a kind of old home and I've only got a hundred amp load center. And so if, if I, when I go to add things, I, I really think about it. And so what, what a DC, with that high DC to AC ratio allows you to do is use a, an inverter that's perfectly sized to your home. So in my case, it'd be like a 3A to 200 amp. That's pretty common. It would be a 7.6. And then you can get a lot of PV on the roof and, and not trigger that main panel upgrade. And of course, as you probably know better than I do, a main panel upgrade is quite expensive. and and And, and it's also... Very disruptive to the homeowner because you need to take the power down, you need to coordinate with the utilities. So, from a scheduling perspective, it can really be a disaster, you know, because, um, you know, it's very location specific. Some utilities, it's easier to coordinate, some it's not. So, there's a lot of cost, a lot of schedule risk and, and timing from it. But also, when you think about having a high DC to AC ratio, in many cases, you won't actually have a lot of clipping because, for example, you know, I know if someone's listening, they won't see it, but you got a roof and you got arrays on both sides of the roof. Oh, yeah, yeah. The sun's not hitting both sides of the roof simultaneously. Yep. So you can say, well, I have a very high DC to AC ratio, but I'm really only using one array at a time, perhaps. Right. And so you, you get that, that the optimal, and when you think of your, your production curve, you kind of get the wide shoulders of the curve.
0: Big and, and
3: especially with everything we're seeing in California lately, we're learning that, that, that right-hand shoulder of the curve is incredibly, incredibly value. Everything is about those several hours <clears throat> at the end of the workday, you know, from four or five o'clock to seven or eight o'clock. So being able to widen it out. So you, you kind of get that benefit. The, the other thing too is, uh, you know, if you are over then that's when you can put it, if it's a DC coupled architecture, then you can put it into the battery. So uh-huh. you, you, you uh-huh. get that, you get that okay. piece of installation, avoiding a main panel upgrade, you know, getting to put any potential clipping. Um, and, and, you know, and I, so I don't think we're at this point yet, but, in the last few years, we've kind of been trained to think about like AC coupling or DC coupling.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, I, I think in in the future, the concept is not going to be AC coupling or DC coupling. It's going to be decoupling, meaning you've got an AC ecosystem and a DC ecosystem, and they may be decoupled from each other. The the inverter is the interface between them, but you'll have PV that could directly go to your battery or directly go to your electric vehicle. Wow. Mm-hmm. And and of course, you know, so DC going back and forth on the DC side is incredibly efficient and AC staying AC. So I, I think these two know, worlds as, kind of
0: living side by side. Exactly. Yeah.
3: So so PV to EV directly is the most efficient way to charge, you know, by far. Um, and so, so, you know, so like I said, I think that's, that's a few years out, but um, it, that'll, that'll kind of be, you know, the, the future ecosystem I think in the home is uh, being able there, to decouple. There really
0: ties things. it together in an interesting way because it is directly related to the um, eliminating or reducing the need for those meter upgrades and the installation complexities that all of this new kit can require. Mm-hmm. And then, and then you move over to the notion of, well, DC coupled allows you to do these different things, but really fundamentally different, I guess, right? Because if it was an AC coupled system, you probably could have a meter upgrade issue. And then you would be looking at within the case of the EV. Now you've got kind of these, you're, you're, you're doing a lot of charging on high power, Relatively speaking, and you got relatively big losses as a result of that, right? Yeah. That, yes. that, that's yes. what, that's what happens, right? Yeah. So, what, what what it blew me away because I didn't get this out of the gate, uh, fellas. Like the notion that you could take, let's say, for example, and correct me if I'm wrong here, and we're comfortable kind of doing a little quasi math on air if you don't mind. But so the you know the the uh, basically I'm okay to be wrong, but the you know when if you had twenty two eight on roof, which to me is like bonkers. That's three times the size of the average system I would have installed back in the day. Uh, 22.8 kilowatts which is the 200 percent of the 11.4 right yep. and then if i let's say i had two batteries they charge at five kilowatts each right so then i could conceivably charge those in dc at 10 kilowatts so 10 kilowatts of that 22.8 correct me if i'm wrong is yep. going could potentially go to those batteries and then now we're sitting at what did we say again 11 12 12 12 8 12 8 after the 10 yep. 12 8 sitting around uh that could go uh uh to to you know a uh, as much of that as possible, go through the 11.4 inverter, basically. Maybe okay. could go to the uh, the EV charger. I think it's at 11.4, 11 11 11.5, right? Yes. You yes. could simultaneously charge your EV at full onboard charging capacity, meaning the the thing, that bottleneck that's potentially there in the in the EV itself. And those two batteries, they could be both getting, on one single residential inverter, full charge at a given moment in time in a place like Maui. Where, where are we – how do we get to that point? I mean <laughs> –
3: well, And simultaneously, you're also only putting it on one breaker. So – you know, I, I talked about the solar installation trigger and main panel upgrade. It's the same with EV chargers. Mm-hmm. So, an EV charger could be a 40 or 60 amp uh, charger, um, or, or, or if it's not, it could need a 40 to 60 amp breaker. Um, and, and the EV industry runs into that same challenge. You, you say you have a charger, it's $500. But if he triggers a main panel upgrade, all of a sudden that charger now becomes $2,500. Right. And that becomes a pretty strong disincentive right. to actually get an electric vehicle. And so in, in the case with ours, you know, we, we put that landing point on our inverter. So rather than putting that in your load center, which is very valuable and may trigger the upgrade, we actually put it onto so So you get that inverter that would only take a 40 amp breaker, but you also get a charger there as well as, as, well as the battery. So you, you're kind of almost like triple stacking. So you you really get high utilization out, out of a single position in the load center. So it's, again, it's, it's all about, it's all kind of like stepping back, looking at the whole ecosystem. How do you avoid the main panel upgrade and how do you get the most charging? And in, in a little cute side note to the charger, when you put it at the inverter, you know, one of the rules on a breaker is you have to derate it by by 20%. Mm-hmm. So that breaker that's normally feeding a charger, we can supplement that other 20% From the inverter side. And so you actually get full capacity out of the charger. So it's kind of like turbo charging (laughs) your your, your charger, you get an extra 20, 25% out of it. So it's it's a little bit faster. And then of course, when it's on that same ecosystem, kind of going back to the communications, right, you you can schedule it and you can say, okay, when do I want to charge it? I want to charge my vehicle only from the sun. And 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 you know you can do that. Um, right. We're actually at a place we, in time where that coordinate those
0: could happen.
1: I'm extremely valuable. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of lot of value here. And you, you touched on. Um, I know that the, the Hawaii market is important to to Solar Edge, and you already have a tremendous presence here. And so there's probably opportunities for people that like Jason that has, I think, two three eighths on his yeah. home. Yeah, his home is ironically his home is like way way bigger than mine, and I've got the eleven four, and he's got these two three, eights on trade.
1: If you want, uh, yeah. well, no, I want to keep my
0: <laughs> keep my eleven four. So, but the um uh yeah, there's opportunity here for in, in Hawaii, and then of course, Jason is a Nem system account holder, right? Okay. Um, early adopter let's call him an early sure, adopter sure. well, how to go and get himself you know <laughs> home a little later on down the road and then install the systems that i was selling for so many years and so i'm a, a self-supply system holder right which is really not much of a tariff at all it's basically saying hey i'm going to produce my own stuff here and then i'm going to buy what i need to buy from you um but i was just looking at my first couple of months of billing and it's remarkably effective mm-hmm. with a battery I, i'm really looking at um you know coming down from in the hundreds three four hundred dollar territory um even more sometimes because there's a there's some hot tub and spa and stuff uh and then down to really like in the 20s and 30s like Mm -hmm. that kind of Uh, that kind of distance. Now, we are geeking out like no one's business on a self-supply system. So we're loading up the dishwasher at night, we're loading up the washing machine at night, and then we're pressing play at the middle of the day at the curve and just grabbing all that extra energy to try to get as much of the potential energy that's out there as possible.
1: By loading up, you mean just putting stuff in it, not actually running it. Correct. Just so we're clear. Yeah, no, we're not
0: running it until (laughs) the daytime energy curve is present. But the whole family's kind of gotten into the idea of it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you
1: you've gamified it. Completely. Gamified <laughs>
0: it very much. And then of course the EV is the next stage, and we're kind of like eyeballing EVs super serious right now. Mm-hmm. So um yeah, it's a, it's an exciting time. Now, are you seeing in the marketplace out here what's the what's the Hawaii market look like for you all? Are you thinking about this technology? I mean, it seems to me it's like it's a it's a no-brainer for a lot of people. Yeah, well
3: the, the Hawaii market is really interesting, but the you know the first thing that kind of comes to my mind is Hawaii is really the most advanced of all the states and thinking about grid interconnection because it is a, kind of like a a large microgrid in many ways. So, you know, you know, the mode that you're referring to, you know, what might commonly be called the MSC mode or maximize self-consumption. And, and, and I think that that was a feature or functionality that was primarily driven out of Hawaii requirements and Hawaii use cases, you know, to, to maximize that kind of Autonomy and independence, because if everyone's producing and and backfeeding the grid, and then everyone's taking power off the grid at night, it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't balance the whole ecosystem of the grid right. Right, entirely. So, so you know, Hawaii is of course an interesting and exciting location, but from an electrical perspective, they've really pioneered the market. And so, in many ways, you can look at what's happening in Hawaii, and and I think it's a it's a foreshadow of what happens in many other regions around the world. Sure. From sure. You know, especially as, as an inverter vendor, you know the, the features and functionality that are embedded into the inverter are 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 maximized the most in Hawaii probably more so than any other market even California
2: right and and you know we are a part of uh, the HiCO battery incentive in Oahu and Maui, which is a huge deal. Uh, it sounds like Jason might need to expand his system um, <laughs> yep. Yep. and uh, one of the big advantages of of the hiCO ed, um, uh, incentive as well is that if you are a NIM customer, you can expand that system up to twenty kW um, additional if you need to expand that system. Uh, so, are, are you ready to go, Jason? You think we need to connect you? <laughs> I, I
1: think we definitely need to have a conversation once this show is over. <laughs> um, but I did want to bring that up. It's like, what does the yeah. upgrade path look for? Like for someone like me, I already have solar. I've had it; been very happy. Uh, but the NIM system is the works the way it is. I I feed into the grid. I get a retail Tariff back on my bill um so what i generate just offsets what i what so my grid my, grid, my grid buy it's pretty it's pretty neutral but it's not i mean we still have a pool and things that right. suck a lot of power so it, it's not we're still buying it's just it offsets 100 percent of what i would be paying for grid buy mm-hmm. um, that said Um, there are things that the NEM system doesn't do. Like when we have a power failure, everything goes off. And there are good, very good reasons for that, right? You do not want to be shocking someone who's trying to reset and and repair your your actual electrical service. So it shuts itself down. Um, But, it's a big negative when we have a large power failure and failure and they do happen. In fact, I had another one just regionally um, over here, like three, three, three days ago was not related with, oh, wow. was, was not related to the big Island wide outage. Um, just this part of the Island has iffy service. <laughs> so, <laughs> Interesting. So, what, so again, what, what is, what does that upgrade path look like for someone who's already, already bought in and wants to, wants to upgrade? Um, is it.
0: Yeah. I guess the question yeah. would be, could he simply get a gateway and a battery and then call it a day, or are we switching out that inverter because you need to have like the e, the certain model? I mean, because they're you know, yeah, I
1: thinking it would have to be able five, to 10 years ago we put the that communication in, right? protocol that they're all now talking, and I don't know if it's if it's aged out in that way. Yeah, so you know, w-
3: without looking at the system, there's typically you know a couple of paths, but the you know, 3, it sounds like the system you have is an older system and doesn't have battery capability um so you can you can buy a battery and you can buy an inverter you know that goes with it and, and run those in parallel um yep. in some cases yeah it's easier to just buy one inverter and put the pv and put and put the storage on it so I'd say in most cases it may be easier to do that and then you have them all going to one inverter so it's just in terms of fitting it on the home mm-hmm. and uh and, and fitting all the electrical equipment together and stuff like that that probably is a, a little bit of a cleaner approach. Um, yeah I would definitely go
2: with video. you know seven six inverter that's my favorite one has yeah. you know two hundred percent oversizing gets up gets you up to fifteen point two k w on a forty amp breaker real easy wow to get that streamlined sexy uh setup like like Josh was talking about on your house with one inverter um the ability to add other batteries um uh, forgot to mention the the actual incentive for for HECO's four four thousand dollars up front so you know, great time to get a battery and uh, to your point on backup versus, you know, actually using self-supply. Um, if there are outages, you can just set up that battery to backup mode and yeah. and not discharge it. So you could keep it charged um, if you were just using it for uh, blackout emergency situations. Um, but if I were to give any... Um, uh, recommendations. I, I would do it on my house. Just switch out that inverter uh, yeah. with a home hub, um, and and you can have it all on one inverter uh, with that expandability option.
3: Yeah, and with yeah. some of the new features you can kind of capitalize on both the resiliency as well as the, the grid optimization. So you know that that incentive is is one of the most attractive,
0: sure
3: probably is. the most attractive in North America that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, so it's, it's very attractive, but kind of what it does is it signals how valuable that storage is not just to you but to the utility that, yes. that you have yeah, that capability there so there are diversity of ancillary services and, and that's a very high value to them but but you know with, with new alerting systems if if we detect that there's a storm front coming in like mm-hmm. a day ahead of time it'll say hey we're detecting a weather ah. situation and, um, and yeah. then you can you can automatically switch it say okay I don't want to charge and discharge based on you know an ancillary service I'm providing to the grid. I want to make sure my battery is filled up and always filled up so whenever over the next twenty four hours that you, that resiliency event could happen to occur then then you get that so so yep. it, it, will, it will' look at the weather and it'll give you that warning and, and then you make that decision so you can make a real time decision but you know it doesn't wait till after the event has happened it'll it'll yeah. It'll do some weather yeah. forecasting it's as accurate as the weather yep. forecasting is. And and then you get that notification. And so you're able to really get the benefits of both of those types of
0: functionality. I was wondering about that, you know, because I knew that that would would be a a requisite part of the, 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 the plan and technology for that to work right so and that, one of the things we try to do with the solar coaster and have for years is take these kind of complicated ideas and distill them down to something that kind of my mom or jay's mom so we get the calls after the shows usually from our moms <laughs> can say <laughs> uh oh i got that right yep. so but if if so for in jay's case and, and just correct me if i'm wrong here but basically he's got an m system and he wants let's say energy security is a part of that Desire. It's he the next, wants to the next have,
1: big thing. And then EV charging comes shortly. Right. Flow close, close second.
0: And then after that, you would want more PV. Bi-directional. Because you would want the extra. Okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> Hold on, Jay. the bi-directional. Jeez. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to recap here. I know. So you get to, let's say you've got an M system. Your bill's good, right? You're most, a lot of people, early adopters throughout Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And now you're going, you know, I really would like to have a little energy security in this battery bonus program. They're gonna give me four four thousand dollars to put a battery in. That's amazing. I want to do that, right? So, and and what you just said, uh, Chris, is is really important because it's saying that the the utility is going to be using that battery basically. I think between six and eight p.m. kind of at that at the bill of the duck curve, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the way the energy curve looks. Yeah. Uh, and and they're going to use that for a couple hours but they're going to pay you in advance and some form of credits, I think as well, if I was reading the, the lines correctly. Yeah. Um, so you can get that battery for when you need it in an outage. And you don't really need it every day if you're on a NEM because you already got a theoretical battery in the grid, right? So you're, you're kind of good with your NEM system. You get a battery. In uh, Alternative to this, you'd have to go and buy a battery and it would kind of just sit there and not do very much, which is a waste of a battery. So the battery bonus program kind of opens that door for people and says, hey, we're going to subsidize you getting a battery. And you're all, and, and we're going to use it a, a little bit during the day for what we need in nighttime rather like the six to eight p.m. period and then when you need it for your energy security you're going to be able to use it too right It doesn't like one doesn't negate the other yeah it's,
3: and, it's not a it's not a seesaw where you have to compromise one or the, or the other you're, yeah. you're able to do both and, and and really you know the other thing too you know alternatives that Utilities can look at is they can put peaker plants in and, and other things that in many environments just aren't really viable yeah. these days. Yeah. So it, well, nobody nobody wants them anyway. <laughs> no, nobody <laughs> wants them. You electric can't electric. get them permitted. You know, you know, they've got noise emissions, they've got air emissions, they've got mm-hmm. pollution, you know, there's a lot of things associated with them. So it, it's better for the environment, it's better for the homeowner, it's better for the utility. Um, so it really is a kind of awesome, awesome. So there,
0: and, and, and so there are two more pieces of the puzzle. Michelle brought this up. There's a 20 kilowatt expansion capability when you put that battery in, right? Michelle, is that what you said?
2: Yeah. So for the NIM customers, that is, uh, that is available. Huge,
0: Mm -hmm. huge. Because uh, for years, NIM account holders, Jason, you were, um, kind of in a, in a size lock. Mm -hmm. You couldn't expand. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we get this new program that says you can expand. And the reason why
1: that's so critical is because of the EV, burgeoning EV and market. And the next like day, nobody, of- nobody was thinking about getting an EV way right. back when we were doing early NEM but now they're ubiquitous. You need this thing in your life.
2: <laughs> it's amazing.
1: It's the only way to be able to power it with solar.
0: It's amazing. So now you get all the things we just talked about. And the last stage of that is because there's an integrated EV charger and you don't have all the upgrade problems, we already covered that. Now you can also put the PV on to accommodate this new load. Right. What right. an interesting uh, and and also, I would say, elegant kind of program that's available. It's just it's just awesome. I'm so glad to see this because there were times where these things did not exist. you know, And now we're in a place where you' kind of you're, you're the choice you have the opportunity to do a lot of things, you know yep. It's really radical. it's exciting it's an exciting time. So okay, we've covered a lot of ground already, but we actually still have plenty to talk about. <laughs> uh, so I want to talk about um, uh, before we get into power outages, I just want to recap the expandability kind of the parameters of the expandability if you don't mind. Right. I think about this kind of stuff a lot. So, and the reason for that is in Maui and for Hawaii, you know, some homes like mine are kind of modest and, you know, three bedroom, two bath, kind of 1500 square footy kind of home. And uh, some homes are massive and people may be thinking, well, can this technology work for you know, systems of different sizes. And it looks to me by my read on what this system could expand to that you could actually approach some of the largest homes that I'm aware of and that I've sold to in the past. Um, so if, tell me if I'm right on this or jump in at any moment, but that one gateway can handle up to three inverters. Is that correct?
3: Yep. Right. And then it can handle three inverters and then each inverter can handle three batteries. That was the next. So, yeah. so you're looking at, you know, 90, close to a hundred kilowatt hours per home, which is- um, I, I can't quite say. I, I think I've seen that maybe once or twice. It's a pretty, a pretty common comment. So, so normally yes. you can That's get a tremendous amount of energy.
1: But I asked you exactly that. If you, um, if you look at this side of Mr. Porter's house, there's the battery, the inverter, everything else, and the battery way over here. It's over yeah. There. Why, why? Why did you do that? You well, left the big
0: yeah. yeah. Well, maybe I want to I want to put in more batteries in the future, or maybe yeah. I want to put in more inverters in the future, or maybe I build an Ohana, mm-hmm. and it's on the same service Ohana, right? The Hawaiian way we talk about um a uh, little ADUs or additional dwellings, you know, in residential, you can put up to two adus on a on a r3 or a residential uh, mm-hmm. a tmk okay. out of here so i'm <clears> just <throat> kind of thinking about expandability and how to make sure that it was you know there was plenty of room there so but what what i wanted to add in the question here uh michelle and chris is that the three inverters can accommodate nine batteries three each right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then we get up, I believe we get up to ten kilowatts, five kilowatts of power per battery, so ten per inverter max, because you can't actually get another five. So thirty kilowatts of power. Here's my question: in off grid mode, can you get thirty kilowatts of power under that circumstance in off grid mode? Did I do the math right?
3: Yep, yep, that's correct. Yeah, thirty kilowatts of power, ninety ninety kilowatt hours. So yeah. pretty,
1: uh, pretty substantial.
0: So you could you could charge your EVs Having during it. Actually, a better way to run the batteries too, because you're not stressing them sure sure sure, sure. yeah but but just thinking theoretically about it limits right you could technically during an outage power your ev really easily right
3: yeah yeah so one of the easy things to do in in this installation method is if you have the ev chargers at the at any one of the inverters which is pretty common and so so that 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 interface box that holds three inverters is called the buoy or the backup interface Um, that will isolate you from the grid and so you'll be isolated from the grid, you'll be generating your own PV, running on PV and storage, and and your level two charger will be on the inverter side. So you're disconnected from the grid, and that, and that whole ecosystem will be capable of running. So if you've got PV, you can you can charge your vehicle, or you could discharge your batteries into your vehicle. And if you've got one battery and you've got a big truck EV, then you're not going to put too many miles onto it. There you um, go. But you still have that that complete capability to to charge your vehicles. Uh, off, you know, off off of PV in a very efficient way, and and hopefully, you know, in the not too distant future, that vehicle will be more bidirectional.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, we don't see too much of that right now, but I, I think it's I think it's coming. You know, it, it, it's coming. It's in the next couple of years, and and we're seeing early signs of it now.
0: I do have a question, just to cap that out before we j- go, jump over to outage land. So <clears throat> you can have you said it an EV charger per inverter. So in this circumstance, let's say you have three inverters and you're maxing it out for whatever reason. Can you now have three EV chargers?
3: Yeah, you can have three EV chargers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you could charge three three EVs during a power outage. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, okay.
2: <laughs> hey, it might be feasible eventually if your spouse has an EV. People are asking in the home, can I have two EV your, chargers your on my home? You know, so I think we're seeing that more and more. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no, 100%, Michelle. I remember when um, EVs started to become, you know, they became popular out here pretty fast, right? Mm -hmm. Because we have expensive gas and we have expensive, uh, well, electricity. And short short commutes. Yeah, so people were, right, and so the range anxiety wasn't so much of a thing on island. Right. And um, I remember people saying to me, you know, we're talking about five years ago, easy, maybe more. I want to get multiple EVs. Can you size the system for me? Mm-hmm. I got that really early on. And uh, and now we're in a place where it seems completely feasible from both, but not only from an on-grid perspective, but also from an off-grid perspective. And that brings to the, I think that brings us to the conversation of energy security during outage and what type of opportunities there are with that. Because what I just experienced the other day was uh, the first time uh a Maui had a that I I've been here for 14 years. Mm-hmm. First time that I've ever experienced a whole island wide system outage. Yeah. That was on August 23rd. Yeah. That was the other day. And uh, and so it, it, it and I can talk all about how that worked and stuff like that. But what's remarkable is that you know, I experienced that value of energy security uh, you know, firsthand. Right. It was really, a, it's a, it's a, what a feeling that is to know that your, your home has power, you know, it's just a crazy thing. So, uh, did you guys hear about that power outage we had?
2: Yeah. Or, how long was it actually down on your house?
0: Yeah. So it was about uh two forty-five AM power went out. There was an arc flash in Montalaya, the primary uh, power generation station. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, I wake up generally around 4.30, 5 o'clock, got my old man schedule going, right? I'm up and I'm going, oh, what's going on? <laughs> and I, I'm looking at the house. And I'm like, and I'm in my fuzzy 4.45 a.m. kind of mind, you know, I'm going, something's different. I'm Not sure what's different, but something's different <laughs> and then i I go outside and i i I kind of look around and dog's doing his thing chicken we got we're on a little farm here, kind of mini farm chickens doing their thing, cat doing her thing, his thing, dog doing his thing, so they're all talking to me, and I'm like, quiet down, and I'm looking out and i and i and it's it and, but my my lights are on mm-hmm. but but a couple of my things are off right? Because I have a a a well, old mechanism I I have just back system. up
3: yeah,
0: yeah, it's a fan system so I go what's going on and then I I look outside and man Maui is dark wow. Like wow all the way down to the valley we can kind of see the views of the you can understand you can, see,
1: you can see the town and the airport and they're on 24 7 you know the uh, lights right, are always right. there like, it, like pollution yeah and
0: I'm like <laughs> oh my goodness we're in a massive power outage because usually it would be like a section right Mm -hmm. Uh, A line went down because of wind or whatever. So uh, I'm like, whoa. And then I go, oh, what are my batteries? And I check everything. And I start thinking to myself, get the cameras out, start to record. I (laughs) got to get it on. But I'm really, it's 445. I hadn't had a coffee yet. And I think to myself, I need to make coffee. But I know what my coffee takes to make. And I'm like, I'm not spending...
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. <laughs> energy right
0: now i got some coffee in the fr- fridge i'm gonna grab and have an ice a cup. valuable cup of coffee you know, <laughs> probably draws a 1, thousand eleven hundred exactly so. yeah. it, it surely does yeah. it surely does and so I, I sit there i get my coffee going i look outside i see my neighbors check this out my neighbors are flipping their breakers trying to get their house to work outside right?
1: on the side of the building
0: going and I'm like and i they got they got think life. it's their house it's not the <laughs> house <lines>. i wonder <laughs> why he's doing that because yeah. it's obviously a power outage Then i look around and i go oh it's me
2: <laughs> yeah yeah. He Massive got, confusion in your neighborhood. Like, Why is he have power? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: You know, and he, and, and
2: then probably <laughs> a lot of uh uh jealousy at that point.
0: <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I didn't bring it. I almost said something that I felt kind of bad. I was like, hey, there's a power outage, but I have a battery, so don't try to flip your breakers. And I'm like, "No, nah, it's gonna come out wrong. You won't have a
1: battery.
0: <laughs> I'm not gonna say that. I'll just uh I'll just hold this one out. So yeah, and then basically now I have a a, a small reserve, like 15, 20 reserve on a 10 kilowatt battery. But I have very low running wattages, so it ran through to the morning. It dissipated. Uh, It discharges the word right, discharge down to zero. So it went to my, went beyond my reserve. The way it was meant to go. My load control panel basically curtailed my load so i I had even less running wattages than i typically have and then i got through to the day and then the grid came back on maybe i think around 10 or 11 or something like that everything reset and then we were back in business and we were you know um charging the sun solar was charging the battery and everything was going the way it was supposed to go but what i mean i hesitate to say cool because it was inconvenient for people Mm -hmm. um but what an interesting and amazing thing to finally experience it firsthand it was awesome
3: and that's kind of the way it's supposed to work Work, you know, you, you mentioned something that we didn't talk about too much, but that's kind of on the load control side. So 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 now that we have more load control options, right, you, you have that ability to say, OK, for example, like, you know, one of the controversial loads could be an air conditioner. Oh, yeah. And you may say, OK, well, if the sun is up and I'm producing a lot of power from PV, then maybe I'll run my my air conditioner. But perhaps later in the day, you know, I, I wouldn't want to run if I was on battery. So you can do those condition based decisions. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the intelligence. And, you know, Michelle mentioned in the beginning about, about like the app, like that's really where the complexity in the brain is. And, and really the app is the interface to the cloud. You know, um, you know, over the last, you know, since the company has started, we have over a hundred million devices in the cloud mm-hmm. right now. All, all our optimizers, all our inverters. So we know voltage, current, temperature, power of all these devices. And so it allows a lot of decision-making to be made. And so, so you can run your home, you know, abundantly, when you have abundant solar, but then at night, you know, you may say, okay, well, I'm going to be a little bit more frugal with my energy and, and go to restrictive modes. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a that. little bit of a, a, a Star Trek geek. And you know how sometimes they say, like, they're, they're in a battle and they say, okay, divert all energy to life support <laughs> systems, right? Like, you know, that's when the battle is not going well. Right. That's oh,
0: going to so, be yeah. my new Alexa uh, uh, command: <laughs> divert all energy
3: to life the, the, the life support system. So, so that that's kind of what your load control can do at night. And yeah, you know, you know, everyone may have their personal preferences. You know, maybe your coffee maker is a life support system, um, in, in in some cases, yeah. and maybe yeah. someone else it's a hot tub. You know, I don't know. That's a personal okay. preference. Um, but but load control really kind of you know closes that feedback loop, and, and really, and and the other thing that that's that's that, you know. Part of it is, and, and not all systems do that, but, but ours when when the battery goes to sleep at night, it goes into a very low power mode, and it will wake up automatically from sun in the morning. Hmm. And and, so, and actually, some systems actually don't do that. You know, some people may take it for granted, but um, if if you don't have that integrated ecosystem, you know, you actually see a lot of those systems won't won't kind of communicate, and the battery may self discharge at night. And so that's what one of the benefits of that that ecosystem I talked about earlier mm-hmm. is it will automatically wake up as soon as there's sun and it'll start charging that battery and and run those loads that you selected.
0: So we're um, Michelle, we're we're um we're, it's probably a good time to think about some of these newer like the, the maybe the roadmap forward. So we have all this tech, this kit that we just described. And we're using it. It's not theoretical. It's right here, right? And, we, and we're using it in, in, in scenarios, too, like we just described, daily and then outages. Um, but I know that we've got smart plugs on the horizon, and I know that we've got Jenny integration on the horizon. And I did some math in, during the outage because I was thinking, what if this is a super like apocalyptic event? I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I have 124 gallons of propane out front. I have a generator so I was like I wonder how many days I'm okay <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh ran some math so we can talk about that but so you know what's what's the product or uh what do you say the product road the product, path. Roadmap. product roadmap. Roadmap. Yeah. Road roadmap. Yeah. what's the roadmap forward what's going on not to mention we're on the heels of RE plus I mean can you can you spill the beans on something on the selectors
2: Well, I mean, I can spill the beans on the fact, you know, now that you mentioned RE+, we will have a huge booth there um, for for our SolarEdge home, as well as our commercial um, products and and the roadmap pieces there. So definitely if you're at RE+, stop by, we're we're going to have a huge booth with a lot of presentations. Um, In terms of the roadmap, Chris kind of did talk about the load management a little bit, but those are those smart switches and relays that are coming out. Uh, We are at phase one of generator support right now. Uh, I will hand that over to Chris since he is the the pro and expert on on products, but I think the main uh point that I want to to drive with with everyone listening is this is all in one app, and if you do want to see uh what's going on, you know Josh has it in real time on uh his house, which is great, but if you don't have this on your house, you can still download my solar edge it's an app there's demo sites on there that you can take a look at and see how these uh systems interact with one another and these different components. To give you an idea of the real management and visibility that you have on this um, on this system, which is is truly exciting. Um, Chris, do you have anything to add in terms of the generator sp- support specifically? Because I get that question a ton.
3: Yeah, yeah. So I'll I'll talk about that for a minute. Then, um, so g- generator support we kind of separate into different levels of generator support, and and so the the one that we're offering right now is that your inverter can run. Um, separate of the generator. What, we've, what we found is a lot of generators are pretty low quality. The, the most common generator is a pull-core generator. That, that's kind of what I had, and, and it, te- it tends to, um, you know, the frequency, the voltage in some of these things are not always very stable. Mm-hmm. And so what we do in, in those particular cases is we will, you know, allow you to run on an in, inverter and then you know, if at the end of the day your battery goes down, then the generator would run, but they would run separately from each other, not not in a combined system. So what we're looking at in the future um if it's if it's a high quality generator where we would be able to synchronize directly with the generator but but we're we're finding right now that you know most people are actually fine if if it just runs separate from the generator because we're going to use a kind of a relatively low cost pull core generator those seem to be the, the dominant form of generator by yeah. about 10 to 1, yeah from, sure. what, we can, from, I, that's, what, from what we
1: can tell.
0: That's yeah. uh, so. pretty much the kind that I have right now. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. less than a grand. You buy it at Costco kind of thing. Yeah, uh, what, what,
1: but, would be, what would be super attractive, though, is and we all know that the best and most efficient way to run those things is at full draw. So what you would do is run turn the generator on, charge your battery again, and then
3: but that's going to be,
0: that's like phase two, right? Yeah. That, yeah. That, that, that'll
1: be, that'll be the, that'll be the, the future
0: generation
3: okay. of it. Okay. Yeah, And of course, you know, the, the issue, many of these pull core generators, you can't automatically turn them on and off because they're being manually started. Right. You know, right. And right. so this, this, uh, a bit of diversity there. Yep. Um, and so, so, so that's on on generator support, but, but also, you know, coming up at the show, we talked about load control and I'll highlight. So, so the, the load control modules that, that will show there, are based on the on the wireless energy net ecosystem that I talked about a little bit. and so so the nice part about that is if you if you have uh, you know a hot tub outside, you can put that load controller outside at the hot tub or you can put it at the air conditioner or you could put it at that load center. By making it wireless load control, you have a great deal of flexibility on the location. What, so you right. pick the loads, yeah. but you also pick the location on where you choose to
0: control it from. What, what occurs to me right there that um, and, and, I, and I was excited about the, the, the smart plugs. Is that the term you're using, smart plugs? Sure. Yeah, yeah, this is smart yeah. plug. Yep. Um, what's interesting about that is there's a um, let's call it a substantial installation requirement for smart panels, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so a smart plug, when you especially when you go and you target the um, let's say the larger scale loads, like like Chris just mentioned. You know, that's a pretty. I bet you that's a pretty small investment. Am I right?
3: The, the the plug, the plug's the easiest. I I will say though, the the discrete load control modules actually are, are quite easy to install. Mm. And so what's there's a couple of things about it. One is it's self derived power, and two, it's wireless. So so say you've got a wire that's going out to your hot tub. Mm-hmm. And you go any any place you want to do it. If you want to do it outside, you want to do it inside. But basically, you cut the wire. And you put the end in the module and the other end of the cut goes in the output of the module. Mm-hmm. Right. right. It, it, it's perfectly in line. You don't need to run a, a communications wire. I got you. You don't have an external power supply. It's completely wireless and, and self-derived. So so when you want to do discrete loads, it's, it's surprisingly easy to do that. Um, and and we, we do find, you know, if it's a plug-in load, okay, that's easier because it's plug-in. But the bigger loads that you may want to control are, are not actually a plug-in load anymore. So it's going to be just hard. To load
0: load. Thank you for that clarification. Just to to what, what I understand here is you've got two separate types of load control products. You've got a smart plug, and you've got what did you call it again? Um, it's it's for a given circuit essentially.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So what we call is it, the the first product we're coming as a smart dry contact, and so mm. what that does is it adds intelligence to a contactor. Mm. And, and, and like I said, so it all goes as a module in line in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that way. So that there's, there's one connection on the input and one connection on the output. And that's that for
0: like a given circuit, like it, maybe your hot tub. That, that would be for a discrete circuit, yes. Right. And then, okay, yeah. So that makes sense to me that that'd be pretty easy to install. What yeah. I was referring to is an actual panel because I just watched the installation of an entire panel. And yeah. it was. It, while I think the technology is marvelous, it's actually pretty involved. It took it the took reinstallation the re- yeah, you want to of, a, of an entire panel, right? And I have it all time-lapsed, and yeah. it's the, it, even the time lapse is long. It,
3: it, it is, yeah. <laughs> so you know, there's exactly. varying degrees of control a homeowner may want. Yeah. Now, when we do installations, we typically find. In in most homes, and you can each think about this in the context of your own home, typically most homes have like two or three loads. And if you can just control those two or three loads, you get substantial control. Over a percentage, the basically. So for me, I've got an air conditioner and my, my clothes dryer is electric, you right. know, but but most loads, you, you just need a couple. So you, you can go something that's, you know, a smart panel, full upgrade, but it sounds like you've seen the installation and you know and the metaphor of doing open heart surgery is is kind of relevant because it, it, it's kind of, it. of like the electrical heart of the system you've got a bunch of connections in and out the, the problem is when you do the heart replacement the new heart is bigger than the old one so so sometimes it triggers like a construction upgrade because the other one was like this big and you're upgrading uh, it and the new one's bigger yep. right so sometimes yep. it's smaller you know or sometimes it's deeper some holes and stuff like that yeah and, yeah, and so it. it ends up not just being an electrical project, but a little bit of a, a construction yeah. project. Interesting. So, interesting. so I, I think you know, kind of comes down to each homeowner and each installation, and, and what would be needed to provide the value. But right. you know, the loads in the home are, are interesting over time, in that they've they've bifurcated a little bit. And what I mean by that is, like, lighting used to be a load. Ah, uh, yeah. Now because it's LED, yeah. it's kind yeah. of a rounding error. It's, it's to right. the right of the decimal point. <laughs> sure. And it's the same with so, even wow. TVs. Like you used to have TVs, but but now they're flat screens. And so those are very low loads. So you have a, a large number, right? And you know your phone chargers and other things, again, are, are un- unmeasurable and, and and quite irrelevant. But then you've got a small number of really big loads. So Amazing. it could be like, okay, I get an air conditioner and I've got a clothes dryer and you know maybe a hot tub.
0: Oftentimes hot the thermal things,
3: yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it t- tend to be the, the thermal loads, um, and so so kind of what that means is, with a small number of load control elements, yep. you can control the vast majority of the home. Mm-hmm. And so so that that's why I, I think from from you know, a cost and practicality, I, I think you know a, a practical installation will be you know you know Michelle mentioned like the seven point six kilowatt inverter. That's a very commonly sized inverter. You can put a lot of PV on it. You can put a lot of DC battery on it you know, and then just a couple of load control modules and you probably get everything you need to do full home backup and, and manage those big loads. You know, what we tend to think of them as always, sometimes, never. Mm-hmm. There's loads you never run, there's loads you always run and those loads sometimes that you run are the ones that you put on load control. And, right. and in many cases, it probably will just be a couple.
0: Yeah. And um, so we cover a lot of ground in this, didn't we? Man, yeah, amazing. Yeah. And, you know, the I am using the um, the app, on a regular basis, I check it every day. By the way, if anyone's looking to kind of like get out of social media, get one of these systems because you'll start looking at this a lot more. And you do <laughs> look at like Facebook or Instagram. Certainly I want to see.
1: Certainly this. matters to it's you. It's more, more interesting, right? You know,
0: than uh, all that nonsense. So uh, it's really been uh, it's a great app. I love it. Yeah, and, and- say, say again where where folks can get that.
2: Yeah, you just go to the regular app store. You download My Solar Edge. So that's the kind of homeowner facing consumer app. You don't need a login. You can check out those demo sites on there.
3: Yeah, right. and the thing, can... the thing I would add to that, you know, we, we talked about the Hawaii program, but there are other states doing programs similar to that. So, so Utah, um, Arizona recently started a program, and we see some activity going on in California. So, so the, the model that that Hawaii has had for a while now, we're, we're seeing it in other states as well, and, and the incentives are attractive. And a lot of those, you you can you can start that enrollment process, you know, right through the app. Um, And, and so it's, it's economical for the customer and of course the utilities really value it as well. You know, I I think the events just over the last couple of days in California with the heat wave, and when we've had, you know, thousands of batteries supporting and participating in in those events to help support the grid. And it's something that I I think has contributed to to help maintain stability in the systems.
0: There's two points that I, I wanted to bring into this just for homeowners to be able to feel, but we covered so much ground. I mean, I think we covered pretty much all of it, but on the generator front, once you're at the phase two, uh, if I can call it that, like I said, I was able to do some math and I realized that these Jennys run a couple gallons of propane an hour. And if it, and it charges at, you know, five to 10 kilowatts. So you could conceivably recharge your battery when you get to that stage in a very short period of time. And so I could see, and I just did the math and I was like, I think I've got about a month on curtailed loads of power without solar. You know what I mean? So apocalyptic. Call it apocalyptic, right?
1: Let's say the no solar, the sky goes dark, but you don't you don't have to fill that tank for a month. Or (laughs) Or even or or very very
0: practically, like we get a hit with a tsunami or a hurricane, which hurricanes never seem to hit Maui. Knock on wood, because they get big island gets in the way of them. But if it would actually hit us, and then and the system went down because we had you know huge winds or something, then could actually live off of the the propane in, in the generator and the system itself, you know, until it was fixed for a very long period of time. It, it kind of blew my mind the, how all the system, what type it, of. And I think
3: if it's sunny, cold. you should be able to do that indefinitely. Um, yes. I, I use the example often, you know, I grew up in new England and we had hurricanes and what normally happened, the power would go out because the hurricane would blow down trees. And a lot, a lot of, a lot of new England is pretty old and the lines aren't buried. And even if your neighborhood had buried lines the lines feeding your neighborhood were above ground and and the next day would be sunny, but you would still be on generator for a week because they were chopping down trees and they were, you know, and and stuff like that. You know, now if you had a snowstorm with two feet of snow, then, you know, you may, you may not have solar and you may need to run on generator. But, but I I think in in many cases, you know, we we've we've seen customers experiment a little bit where they'll install a system and and they leave that disconnect switch to the grid open Mm. and they just kind of like look and, and, and see what's going on and, and they find like oh you know at, at night my battery went down and the day the sun came up and it charged back up and and i ran my loads and, and they'll they'll just run their home disconnected from the grid right. for a little while almost right. as a little game yeah to, like, to, well, see, I mean, to see how they can do that balance and of course then if you add in uh you know load control you, you could do that in an even more granular way
0: yeah. a lot of yeah a lot of a uh, lot of uh, independence here, and the the second point that I wanted to just bring up in terms of the Hawaii market, the battery bonus program, and now I will say in my old um, my old at the kitchen table kind of language, I am not a tax professional, so I cannot give tax guidance, but I will say this: there's great value with the battery bonus program uh, set up with adding PV, because the PV, the battery, you have the tax credits on the mm-hmm. state and federal side out here, which are really robust, probably about half. And then you add that battery bonus program to it. Holy moly, you're like, you're close to free river.
2: battery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a
0: lot of it's been subsidized. You might be in the 60, 70 plus percent subsidized territory, just a guess, I'm not a tax professional. But I do think that that is remarkable, a remarkable opportunity. And yeah. if I were someone yeah. like Mr. Veracut over here, I'd probably jump on it right away. <laughs> so I think we covered some fantastic ground here, uh, folks, uh, Jason, Michelle, and Chris. Is there anything that we want to uh, add before we wrap this up? Are there any messages to the Hawaii listeners, any messages to the people at RE Plus, uh, anything else that we, we should have covered that we didn't get to?
3: Yeah, I would just say, like Michelle said, we're going to have a great showing, a great booth, come out and visit us, stop by and say hi, and uh, we look forward to seeing people there.
2: Yep, that was really what I was going to add, too. If you need additional training support as well, though, I do want to plug Edge Academy. So we do have certifications on our battery. If you're uh, thinking about installing that battery, um, you can become a certified installer through SolarEdge for um, our SolarEdge battery, as well as sales certifications as well. So uh, through Edge Academy, you can get all set up and ready to go.
0: Fantastic. I will, uh, I will let them have the final word there, unless Jason would like to chime in just at the end. Say we'll see you there. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Good. Excited to it. see you guys. Been a, been our pleasure. Hey folks, this is the, oh, nice. been the solar coaster live show here uh, with Jason Verkhart, Mako Al Maui, just Priari plus with great folks from solar edge and uh, coming off our first real tangible real world experience with product uh products in home
1: finally get to play with the we, toys. we yes. get to play with the toys and we <laughs> loved it
0: and thanks thanks to everybody especially to leor and connor and and jill and everybody else at uh, at solar edge that Makes i really appreciate happen. everybody, everybody so over much, there yeah. so thanks guys and aloha to everybody out see you later bye all right i'm gonna